cold, and the last couple of weeks it's been, I don't know if you saw our Instagram post, but I was sitting out by our makeshift pool on the lounger with a big winter jacket on and my scarf around my neck. I don't know, it was cloudy, so, but I wasn't going to let the cold stop us from having summer. The kids, kids don't feel the cold, so they've been in the pool every day in the freezing cold. I say, good on, good on them. Makes, makes it a bit more worthwhile having spent money on it. So. <coughs> uh, but good morning, happy new year. Happy new year to all of you. Hope you had a great time over Christmas uh, in the new year's break. It's good to see you all because it means that you're all okay. Uh, some of our people are away, but hopefully they're all okay while they're away. Um, but if you're visiting with us, a uh, special welcome to you. My name's Seth, and I'm the senior pastor here at uh, Shaw Elam. And uh, I'd love to uh, meet you after the service. So do stay afterwards uh, and join us for a morning tea uh, at the end of the service. Uh, this morning, I wanted to share a message uh, to encourage you, hopefully to challenge you a little bit uh, as we kind of head into the year. Because uh, who knows at the start of every year, it's quite common to kind of look at the year and, and, and just go, oh, it's going to be a good year. It's going to be a big year. Uh, last year, I think we started the, the year, and because we had our family reunion just over the last Christmas break, we were, we were looking at it and going, man, it's going to be a challenging year. Um, but it's just uh, a common thing to do to kind of stand at the beginning of the year and, and look at it with a such great optimism for the new start and uh, hoping and, and believing that the best things are yet to come for that year. Who understands that feeling? Who knows what that's like? And uh, what, what a great way to think, and what a great way to be, because uh, the alternative's not so nice, is it? Uh, to kind of stand at the beginning of the year and think uh, it's all going to be doom and gloom. But, um, you know, I think the mistake we, we always make in doing this sometimes at the beginning of the year is, is we kind of assume that we can then uh, hope for it all, sit back and relax, uh, we, that, that we can just kind of uh, wait uh, and, and just pray that things are going to happen. And, and because of the sense of new beginning that, that the new year brings with it, we, we almost kind of fool ourselves into thinking that the, the best year yet's just going to happen for us without realizing that we probably need to be a little bit more engaged in what's going on in our life than that, than just to think and just to hope, and, and even at times just to have faith, because even faith requires us to apply a bit of action in our life for it to really come to fruit. And, uh, and so I want to share a message with you this morning that I've titled, Running into 2020. It's our first Sunday of the year. You guys are the blessed bunch who get to hear some encouraging words about running into 2020. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's probably something that many of us are already doing, right? We're probably already into what's today. Today's the 12th of January, and we're already like into the year. You know, some of us are like this, trying to get back on top of things. Uh, and so uh, that's the message I want to share uh, with you this morning. Because you see, I believe that our God wants to see every one of us growing from strength to strength to strength to strength. 
You know, in the marketplace and at our work, we do measurements on how the business is going year on year on year. And I believe that God wants to see us year on year on year going from glory to glory to glory, from favor to favor, from going from where, wherever we were in the last year to a new level in God. Amen? Amen. You know, John 15 verse 5, uh, Jesus says, yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. Now, God desires that in Jesus, you are effective. God desires that in Jesus, you are productive and that your life is fruitful. Now, Scripture tells us that God has a plan and a purpose for our lives, for your life, not only to bring you fulfillment, but to use you and the gifts that he's placed within you to impact and change the lives of others. God wants to use you to impact and change the lives of others. Paul says in Timothy, in 1 Timothy 4, verses 14 to 15, do not neglect the spiritual gifts you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid hands on you. Give your complete attention to these matters. Throw yourself into your tasks so that everyone will see your progress. You see, the task Paul is talking about here to Timothy is the task of serving Jesus and serving the kingdom with the gifts of the Spirit that God has given you. That's not a bad goal to start the year out with, right? And I believe that if we devote ourselves to the path that God has set out for us and give our attention to the gifts of the Spirit that He has placed within us in 2020, the same outcome Paul points out to Timothy will be attributed to us, that everyone will see progress, that everyone will see your progress. Remember, as we often say, our progress is never for us, but for the glorification of God. And so as I share uh, this message on running into 2020, my hope is that you find uh, that path, or the path, that God wants you to race this year before something else or someone else sets you down a path that is heading in a different direction. If you're in God's plan and you're in God's hands, this will be the best year of your life, no matter what happens. If you're in God's plan and if you're in God's hands, whatever happens to you this year, it will be the best year of your life. I believe that. And so your first point this morning, uh, as we head into 2020, your first point for this year is to take your marks. Take your marks. Are we talking about running a race? So you're starting to hear the analogy. You know, the mark in any race is the starting point 
of the race. For us, uh, this morning, it's the starting point of the season, and more specifically, it is the start point of the year. A lot of things happen when you take uh, the mark in a race. Uh, you, you think about the race that's ahead of you. Uh, if you're standing on a racetrack, you're looking down the line. You're thinking about the training that you've had. You know, for us, life is a training ground. You're thinking about everything you've learned for the race you're about to run. Techniques, tools, and you're thinking about a winning outcome. When you run a race, you're running it to win it. Uh, we had our family reunion the week before last week. Uh, it's the first time that my generation, we were, we were the Gen 2s over there. Uh, so we, it was the first time that our generation had seen some of our other cousins' kids. It's the first time some of us had seen each other in two decades. And uh, like any uh, good family reunion, we had some fun family games, like, you know, the classic old egg and spoon race and uh, race to the other side with your balloon and sit on it to pop it. <laughs> and so we're kind of we're going through these races and uh, the generation, my generation kind of realized we hadn't done any training for the last 20 years for those races. So the last time we all saw each other, we could run no problems. We could race each other with no problems. This time around, all the injuries came out of our generation. Uh, pulled calf muscles, sore wrists, bad backs. And so when you kind of start at the... At, eh? And I, I didn't even run. No, I was busy doing other things. <clears throat> um, I would have got hurt if I ran. That's why I didn't run. This is, this is a thing called wisdom. But we'd stand at the, day two came along and we all stood at the mark of the starting race and we were like, man, we're useless. <laughs> we were racing against, uh, our, you know, the kids, teenagers, and, and we just realized that when we were together 20 years ago racing, we weren't the same, these weren't the same bodies uh, as those. And so you, there's a lot of things that take place when you're at the mark and when you take the mark. I think the struggle with, uh, many people at the start of a New Year's race is that rather than looking at what's ahead of us, we think about the past year and the hurts, the past year and the pain. We think about our recent failures. We think about the things that could have been in the past year and we kind of stand at the start mark of a new year and we hope that this year is going to be different. Rather than thinking about the winning outcome, our hope is that this year is not going to be the same as last year. Isaiah 43, verses 18 to 19. God says to uh, the people of Israel, Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing, for it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. 
So here God is telling the people of Israel that despite everything that they've been through, despite uh, all the troubles that they've had, despite their exile, uh, despite their failures, despite uh, the judgment that the prophets have prophesied over them because of their disobedience, God's saying, I am still God. I am in control. And here's the best one. God is saying, I will make away. And I think some of us need to hear that this morning as we're heading into 2020. Despite all the stuff that's happened in the past year, five years, God is in control. God is still the I am. God will make a way. So in marking a moment, or in taking your mark, in marking that moment honestly and fairly with God, you know, we may have to remove ourselves from the equation for a minute and allow God to reveal to you a few things that you need to learn about you. Maybe we need to remove ourselves from all of our goal setting, from all of our wishes, from all of our desires, from all of the things we think we're strong in, and allow God to reveal some things to us about what we need to know about us. Because I don't know about you, but I believe that God knows me better than I know myself. He created me. And so if anyone can speak into who I am, he can. We need to remove ourselves and allow God to speak to us about our strengths, about our weaknesses, about our challenges, about our struggles, about opportunities, about our character. It may require us to allow God to mark, at this point, some of the relationships we're engaged in, some of the commitments that we've overloaded ourselves with. We need to allow God to speak into what we're going to say yes to in 2020 and what we're going to say no to in 2020. But then from that starting point, we should have a desire to be continually refined and renewed by God's Spirit. Growing us more and more into the likeness of Christ, amen? Growing us in character, growing us in strength, and growing us in resilience. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Second point this morning. After you've taken your marks, is to get set. Philippians 3, verses 14 to 16. Paul says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. 
And if on some point you think differently, that too God will make clear to you. Only, only let us live up to what we have already attained. So in taking our marks, we're remembering who we are, where we've got to, what we've done, and we're allowing God to speak into the next season. And then as we get set, we press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. Has anyone here set goals for 2020 yet? I started a new role in 2020. I took over my boss's role at Wiscon. So I've set a lot of goals for 2020 already. Don't respond to this next question, but just think about it. How involved was God in your goal setting? You know, at the point of getting set to run a race, or in our case, getting set to run into the promise of a new year, and in order for ourselves and in order to set ourselves up to run well, to run enthusiastically, to run faithfully, to run with resilience, all of that good stuff, we need to know what we're running for and why. We might know what we're running to. But between the start line and the finish line, a lot of things happen in life. And it's at that point that we need to know what we're running for and why we're running for it. And I felt to encourage us to set uh, goals in three main areas of our life this morning, uh, all to do with our person who is created in the image of God. And so uh, the first place that I felt to encourage us to set a goal uh, in this morning or for this year is in the area of our spiritual life. Set a spiritual goal. A goal to grow you spiritually in God this year. Whatever that looks like, whether it's studying, a daily Bible reading, prayer, quiet time, a weekly hour devotional time, outside of the Sunday services, something more than what you did last year. Set a spiritual goal. The second area is set a psychological goal. Set a goal that's going to feed your soul and feed your mind. You know, just as I'm kind of going through this, we, we serve a triune God who created us as triune beings, body, mind, and spirit. And so that's where we're heading with these goals. Set a spiritual goal, set a psychological goal for your mind, and you set a goal to grow your mind, your soul, to grow your emotional capacity and your will. Uh, again, read. Keep your thought life in check. Keep your emotions in check. Get help if you need it. 
And then the second area is set a physiological or a physical goal. Something that will feed your body. That will care for your body. Again, whatever that is, whether it's a walk, and excuse me for swearing to some of you, whether it's going to the gym. I know some of you don't like that word. This year I want to try and get a swim in every week. Eat wellish. But set something that allows you to get uh, allows you to care for your body. And you know, if you haven't set any goals this year, uh, and even if you have, um, I'd encourage you to reassess, uh, reassess them and, and maybe consider adding and setting goals in these area and bring your goals into, bring God into the process of setting your goals. That's not very hard to do. Uh, three steps to bringing God into setting your goals. Anyone take a guess at the first one? Pray. Pray. Ask God. Invite God in. Second one, it's probably the one we struggle with the most. Stop and listen. Oh, we love to talk to God. Talk, talk, talk to God, and then we're off to the next thing. And then God has to compete with all the noise of life and kids and work and society. There's so much noise in society and in social media. But stop and listen. And then thirdly, follow through. Pray to God and ask. Stop and listen for a response. And then follow through on God's leading. It's always a challenging thing to do. But let's not limit our goals to our own abilities. Let's not... Let's not limit our goals to what we know we can achieve. Let's leave enough room for us to stretch and grow. Let's leave enough gap in it for God to come in and fill in power by His Holy Spirit. Because if you can achieve it on your own, then you don't need God in it. And if God ain't in it, then you're not going to get the best you can out of this year. So let's set ourselves up to receive all that God is wanting to impart into us in 2020. Amen. And then finally this morning, as you take your marks and you get set, More specifically for us this morning, we go in discipline and we go with purpose.
You know, the difference between, I believe, the difference between just setting a New Year's resolution and going after a godly goal that is filled with purpose is that as disciples who are after God, we understand that the things that we do and the things that we are running after, they don't just benefit us. But they benefit all that God is planning to do through us. They benefit the people that God calls us to bless. They benefit our family. Those goals benefit our community. Those goals benefit the kingdom of God. And that then becomes the reason why we chase after it. There's something about being committed to something that's bigger than you. There's something about serving outside of you. That just blesses life. So we go in discipline. You know, discipline is a real key to application. All change, all transformation requires disciplined, practical application. Ah, we don't always like that because that means work. That means I have to do stuff. It means I have to change stuff. You know, James 1 verse 23 says, But don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So here's what I believe is going to happen to people this year. As we kind of press into God, you are going to receive some fresh revelations by the Holy Spirit. You'll sit in this room, I'll preach about something, you'll be completely ignoring me because the Holy Spirit's got His finger on you and He is speaking to you about something that you need to hear in your life. You will receive fresh revelation from the Holy Spirit this year. My prayer is that you just keep receiving it week in after week in, week after week. My, my prayer is that as you press into God, you'll be walking around, whatever you're doing during the week, and the Holy Spirit goes, there's your word for today. I believe you're going to receive some lessons from God, some teachings, some promptings, where you just see a person and then you just kind of go, man, my heart's just softened to that person. And then the Spirit just speaks to you about praying for that person, blessing that person, inviting that person over for dinner. I believe those revelations are going to come to every person in this room this year. Here's the kicker. 
fruit of that seed is going to be determined by your ability to practically apply it into your life. The fruit of that seed is going to be determined by what you do with it when it comes. tells us that those who are faithful with the little, God then begins to bring much. So if like me, you want to see God start to move in a greater way everywhere you go, then as God starts to stir small things, even the smallest thing, let's apply those things into our life. Let's act on those things. Now, anything that's causing you to change, anything that's challenged you to act is going to require some discipline for you to make a developing, to make that a developing, growing part of your life. And man, what I love about what God does, what I love most about God developing our character and developing our mind and developing uh, our being is that there are changes that God's doing in our life that make absolutely no sense to us. God might ask you to all of a sudden start caring for kids and you've got no intention of ever looking after kids. God might ask you to start getting involved and serving in an area of ministry that you've got no desire to serve in. Sometimes God calls us to things that make absolutely no sense to us. But the God who knows the beginning from the end, the God who knows the very thing that you've been created for, the God who knows your calling, who is omniscient, who is all-knowing, who is all-powerful, is preparing you ahead of time for the very thing that He sees coming into your future. It may be coming next week. It may be next month. It may be next year. It may be in two years, three years, five years. You might need something in five years that God needs five years to start developing you in. That's why I think it's so important we're setting goals with God in it. So whatever God is challenging you to go after this year, go knowing that He is perfect in all of His ways, that He is perfect in His purpose. Go in discipline knowing that your growth may very well be God setting you up for the future He knows is ahead of you. Remain faithful in God. the sun. Take your marks, get seen.